How important is the Eucharist to Jesus? I have framed that question very precisely. How important is the Eucharist to Jesus himself? Notice that I have not asked the question, how important is the Eucharist to atheists or agnostics? Or how important is the Eucharist to non-Catholics? Or how important is the Eucharist to fallen away Catholics? Or how important is the Eucharist to the 70% of Catholics who apparently don't believe that the Eucharist is Jesus? The question isn't even, how important is the Eucharist to Father Edward on? The question that I'm posing is, how important is the Eucharist to Jesus himself? Now, we're not going to answer that question for Jesus. We're going to pose that question to Jesus, and he's already responded. And our answer, Jesus' own response to that question, is found in John chapter 6, verses 60 to 69. So in anticipation of what we will hear, those will be the gospel verses that we will be focusing on August 22nd. Today marks the beginning of what is known as the Bread of Life Discourse, John chapter 6. And for four Sundays, we will be focusing on John chapter 6. We will only be skipping August 15th because this year that is trumped by the Solemnity of the Assumption. So I believe it is fitting because the Bread of Life Discourse, John chapter 6, has long been the biblical foundation for the Catholic belief on Jesus' teaching on the Eucharist. And therefore, I prayed about it, and with the priests here, receiving their support of a systematic presentation, we will systematically preach for those four Sundays focusing on John chapter 6. Now, full disclosure, I've done 10-part meditation series on the Eucharist. We don't have that type of time here, so I'm going to pick and choose what we can talk about for those four Sundays. And because I will be preaching at different Masses, if you're interested, I will be posting those homilies for those four-part series on the Eucharist, on the Bread of Life Discourse, on my homily podcast, Marian Priest. Today, I'm going to focus on foundations. And so we're going to focus on real presence theology, or the theology of the real presence. And the real presence is an expression that refers to the Eucharist. That the Catholic belief, this is the universal Catholic belief, this isn't Edward on sharing certain things. This is what the universal catechism of the Catholic Church teaches, and what has believed since the first century. The real presence refers to, you may be familiar with this expression, that we believe as Catholics, dogmatic belief, that Jesus' presence, body, blood, soul, and divinity, those four terms are, are precisely used. We might ask, well, that's pretty unique. I've never heard that, those words in any other context. 
A simple paraphrase, what we're simply trying to say is, it's not a symbol. We really believe that Jesus is present in the Eucharist. We really believe that the second person of the most holy trinity is present in the Eucharist. Now, Matt Frad makes a really good point when he's interfacing with Protestants who say, well, you know, I really respect your belief. I really respect how you take the Last Supper so seriously. You know, I get that. And Matt says, I don't think you get it. Like, as Catholics, we really believe that that's the second person of the Holy Trinity. And as Catholics, he makes the point that if we don't understand just how weird of a teaching that is, that we need to eat Jesus' body and blood, then we don't actually understand the full ramifications. We don't understand what Jesus is trying to teach. Because Jesus' audience in John chapter 6 they find it to be a very hard saying, saying because they think he's referring to cannibalism, which he isn't. So the sacred host, which we see and receive at Holy Communion, what seems like a wafer, what tastes like a wafer, what smells like a wafer, what has the texture of a wafer in our mouth is not, in fact, a wafer at a precise moment. So the Catholic teaching is that ordinary elements of bread in the form of a host of a wafer and wine that's put in the chalice at a certain moment, at the moment of consecration, when the priest offers those specific words over those elements within the context of the Mass, take this, all of you, and eat of it over the bread, and then take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood. With those words of consecration, it's not a mere blessing. It is those elements are transformed. We use the technical term transubstantiated, meaning the whole substance changes, completely transforms from bread into the body and blood of Jesus. And that the substance of wine is literally transformed, the entire substance, into the body and blood of Jesus. This is why we genuflect. Otherwise, genuflecting, right, when we bend on one knee, or if you spend time in Eucharistic adoration, or the two to three hours every day that I spend in the Eucharistic presence, none of that makes sense unless that's really God. We need to think at a deeper level, and we need to practice this. We will get more into this, but the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist remains even after we receive him in Holy Communion. Even after we swallow Jesus, Jesus remains really present, body, blood, soul, and divinity. It's really a question of biochemistry, because as long as the physical features of the sacred host or the precious blood remain, then the substance of Jesus remains. So it's a question of how long does it take for that sacred host that we've received to digest, right, to dissolve within our digestive system. 
And so biochemists would say it takes about 15-ish minutes, which means from the moment that we swallow Jesus, we've got about 15 minutes where we are, we are that tabernacle. We'll get more into all of this on successive Sundays. And so for now, I'm going to pose that question, and I would like that question to marinate with you over the next five weeks. How important is the Eucharist to Jesus himself?